0: declare that in the sanctuary this morning this is God's word not pastor Omar's word I am what it says I am I can do what it says I can do I can be what it says I can be and I will have what it says I can have today I will hear the word of God I boldly declare That my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, my ears are opened, and I better not go to sleep. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, Amen. Let me give you a little background before we read it. You'd understand biblical history and culture, And, and you'd understand, if you understand that, you'll understand the Babylonian captivity. And and so Psalm 85 verse 1 says, Lord, you have been favorable to your land. You have brought back the captivity of Jacob. And that is speaking to the Babylonian captivity. And so as we read in the book of Daniel, this was a time of 70 years when God's people lived in a miserable and sinful place called Babylon as a result of their continual idolatry. And so they were taken captive by the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar because they were sinful and disobedient to the Lord. Their idolatry ranked highly amongst their many sins. And so God appointed a set amount of time for their captivity and restored them to their land after that time and their crying out to him. So they were in captivity up to a certain time, they would cry out to God and God would restore them. So he entered the situation after 70 years, not only fulfilling prophecy, but also changing their situation according to his promise to his people. So that is kind of a background to Psalm eighty-five, 5 verse 1 when he speaks of the, the captivity of Jacob. Verse 2 says, You have forgotten the iniquity of your people. You have covered all their sins. You have taken away all all your wrath. You have turned from the fierceness of your anger. Restore us, O God, of our salvation. And cause your anger towards us to cease. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people and to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. That glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Truth has sprung out of the earth. And righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yes, the Lord will give what is good. And our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him. And shall make his footsteps our pathway. And if you look at your Bible, this will tell you that this is a prayer that the Lord will restore favor to the land. It means that you can take this and pray it over Jamaica every day this week. That God would restore favor to the land. And so Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your word. Your Logos word. That written, spoken word, Lord God, that is life. That's hope. It's vision. It's living and it's powerful. We thank you for your Rima word. Your revealed word. God, we don't discover truths. We don't discover your truths. They are revealed to us by your Holy Spirit. So God, give us revelation knowledge this morning of your truths and your principles. Open our eyes to see these truths. Our ears to hear your voice. Our minds to understand all that you want to teach. And our hearts are ready, Lord God. Open them so they will be ready to receive and become the good soil that your word will fall upon and produce a great harvest. Let your will be done, oh God, and revive us again. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much, hallelujah. So, the goal of this message in the series, Revive Us Again, is to learn how to recognize and address the root of the problem that leads to spiritual decline. I believe that one thing the pandemic is causing a spiritual decline there was some decline before but i think the pandemic has made things even worse you you look at it how often do you see people talking about god on the street when it, who is the last evangelist you saw or, or the last person out there offering some tract or or something there's no one voice out there speaking So in order that we as believers might truly experience revival, which is the restoration of spiritual life of God's people. So this sermon will help. You show how virtually every revival recorded in scripture was introduced with a crisis on the part of God's people and drove them back to him. So when revival... Occurred in biblical times. The people of God. Were in crisis. And the crisis drove them back to God. I put it to you that we are in crisis. And one of the purpose of this crisis. Is to drive us back to God. The sermon will help us. Help us explain and illustrate. The crucial difference. Between reformation and and true revival between simply adding more programs or special services to the church calendar and coming to grips with the issue of sin and the lack of life amongst us as Christians. You see, too often, Christians want to enjoy the blessings of God's favor while overlooking are choosing not to deal with the root problem that is keeping God's blessing from flowing into our lives. We ignore it because as long as we are experiencing blessings and favor, we think we can ignore everything else that's going on. But ignoring the real issue is like taking painkillers when you have an infected tooth. This is a situation that I faced once. had a very important football match to play and had a toothache. And, well, because the tooth was infected. And you took painkillers. So I was planning on having a great game. But then I started to experience severe pain in my tooth as the game started. Now I taken painkillers in the morning. And I thought because the pain had eased, you could play the game. But as you begin to warm up and get into the game, you realize that it's a bad tooth. And painkillers don't kill pain forever. So I tried to ignore the pain for a couple of days, but it kept getting worse. I finally went to the clinic and they gave me pain medication. But they didn't work. And the pain just increased each day. So I had to make an appointment to the dentist and they prescribed my my symptoms to him. And he told me that he believed the problem was not just a toothache. But it was an infection. So he also told me that since I was treating the wrong problem. Dealing only with the pain. I wasn't going to get any better. Until I got some antibiotics to treat the infection. I followed his advice and I began to feel better. So there was an infection. And infection was causing pain. I wasn't, I wasn't dealing with the infection. I was dealing with the pain caused by the infection. You see, my situation illustrates how easy it is for us as Christians to, to, to do the same thing spiritually. We know there's a problem because we feel the pain inside. But we only treat the symptoms and leave the real problem unresolved. And so this morning I want us by the help of the Holy Spirit to resolve the real issue instead of just dealing with the symptom of the pain. Amen? You see we want to go to church and pop a few sermon or music pills and leave feeling all better. These things certainly have their place. But if our real need is for revival from the Lord, then relying on other things to cure our spiritual pain and defeats will never work. It won't work. A good sermon won't fix the root of the problem. It, It calls for revival. You see, we can't fix this revival need with more good deeds or good church programs. True revival has to be an inner work of the Lord and no one else. God is the author of revival. See, we can see that our society is at a state of spiritual decline. And I can give you an example. When the lockdowns were lifted, many people weren't still going to church. When they could have, but they were doing everything else. Not only that, there are many people who there are more churches now online. So you have no excuse. Because you could go to a church and not even be a member. And you can hide out. You could church hop right now. But, but then they are not even online. In fact, they can't even stay online. Even churches who have cut their time can't keep people online long enough for the duration of the service. And all this is indicating is that there is a state of spiritual decline. But what about the decline in spirituality among followers of Christ? Because there's a decline in the nation spiritually, but even amongst those who are Christians. So we need to return to the Lord before we can ever hope to effect real change in society. Before we can be the voice of God to the nation, we need to return to the Lord. So in Psalm 85, the psalmist describes the problem and what it means to return to the Lord who is faithful to draw us back to Him. You see, nothing can replace a reviving and life-refreshing touch of the Lord. So let us proclaim with the psalm, O Lord, revive us again. Revive us again, O Lord. Revive us again. So in your notes, the first point I want to make this morning is that revival presupposes spiritual decline. Simply put, a spiritual decline necessitates revival. If we can admit that things are declining spiritually, it means that, on the other hand, we are crying out for revival. We are admitting that we need revival. Something needs to change. It's not just a pandemic need to stop. But there needs to be spiritual revival. Because even when the pandemic is gone, there's still a need for God. So we are crying out for the symptom to stop. Which is, COVID is just part of the whole symptom of what was happening Long ago. The real problem is spiritual decline. And what fixes that is revival. So there is much pain and abuse even within churches. Too many churches display a spirit of lifelessness and decline. You notice that Christians are divorcing at about the same rate as unbelievers. Last time it was checked, they said around 50%. There's n- You'd almost believe that there's no distinguishing thing between the church and the world anymore. Because everything seemed to be the same. And everyone seemed to be the same. That's the notion out there people say to you, what is the difference? They are doing the same thing that I'm doing. What is the difference? There's an obvious need for a return to the Lord in this time. So let me show you it in our text. Verse 8 of Psalm 85 says this. I will hear. This is a new American Standard Bible. Says, I will hear what God the Lord will say. For he will speak peace to his people. God will speak peace to his people. God wants to deal with his people. His people. He goes on and says, to his godly ones. It's very specific where revival begins. It begins with God's people. His godly ones. It says, and, and may they turn back, not turn back to foolishness. And may they not turn back to foolishness. In other words, when God comes and He speaks His peace to His people, His Godly one, it is so that they will not go back to folly, they will not go back to sin, they will not go back to that state of lifelessness, but they will be the voice of God in the earth. Simply put, church treating symptoms is not enough. Popping pills is a short-term solution to a long-term problem. More music won't change this. We need revival. The root is changed when the daily life of a believer is changed. Something needs to change. We need revival. Because revival motivates us to serve the Lord. So you want to know why some people can't serve God now? They need revival. Because if revival takes place, they will find time for God. Because life is returned. You see, you have to understand... Is is revival is to revive, is to relive, is to give life, indicating that if you want revival, you are without life, spiritual life, you are dead. So why they don't have any appetite for the word anymore? They are dead. Why they don't have any appetite for prayer anymore, they are dead. Why don't have any appetite for church anymore. They are dead. Why don't have any appetite to love anymore. They are dead. And God is saying, you need life to be restored. You need to be revived. So Christians start relating and thinking better. Because there is a difference between church programs and true spiritual revival. I'm not talking about adjusting church programs or incorporating more church programs. We need revival. What is this revival? Revival church is the restoration of, spiritual, of the spiritual life of God's people. It's amazing that revival is for God's people. If you read the psalm, that's what it's saying. And, and what that means is that if it's for God's people, it means that God's people, who God gave life, are no dead. Like it's amazing that how can He be the resurrection of the life and the life and His people are dead? Because revival is for God's people. If someone faints, right, we give them water or something to bring them bring them back. Are we revive them. Alright? I remember they used to, when people had some stuff, they used to put some, they call it smelling salt. I don't know if that even exists anymore. It still exists. And, and somehow it gives you a kick when it goes across your nose, right? Um, and, and, you, and you are revived. We have all heard of celebrities and athletes who have come back and achieved success are they revived their careers. See in many of these cases the person seemed to be in decline. But their prominence was revived. A revival then is new life. New spiritual life. This is the very definition and example of revival. New life. Church, The church needs new life. The church needs new life. That's the problem. The problem is that we we need new life. We need revival. God's people must be connected to Him. Somehow we have lost connection. And so it has caused us to die. You have always heard me say this. When you take the plant out of the ground, the plant dies. When you take the the fish out of the ocean, the fish dies. When a man, human, human, disconnects from god loses connection with god the source of his life what happened is that he dies spiritually and so that is what is happening is that there it has been a disconnect and so we are dead and revival needs to take place so we can come alive by reconnecting in with God you see, can, connection can be lost over time and without care and, and, and what is happening right now as you see the pandemic going on is that people are not paying attention to their connection what connection I'm talking about Your connection with God and what happens if you don't pay attention to the connection you get disconnected and you don't even know By the time you figure it out, you are so far away from the source that you are supposed to be connected to. You don't know how to get back there. So you have to pay attention to your connection. You have to care. So revival is the giving back of the life lost. Again, this is speaking to believers. So verse 6 of Psalm 85 says, Will you not revive us again? Will you not revive us again? It's a question. And then, and then, here's what the psalmist is saying. Why should God revive us again? Why do we need revival? It's not that we'll get rich. It's not that we'll have more programs. It's not that we'll get prominence. It's not that we'll get publicity. No, no. Revive us again so that your people may what? Rejoice in you. The purpose of revival is so that we begin to rejoice in the Lord. So the connection is reestablished and there's a flow of God's Spirit in our life and in our heart. And regardless of our circumstances, there's a rejoicing in the Lord. So many aren't rejoicing now in the Lord. Why? Because they need revival. Because it takes revival to rejoice in hardship. It takes revival to rejoice in a pandemic. It takes revival to rejoice when you have no money. It takes revival to rejoice when you can't pay your bills. Hallelujah. Church, God's people are the main recipient of revival. And God must bring revival to His people before it can be spread to others. So let me say this to all of us. What Jamaica need, we the people of God need to get it first. Come on now. It would be an indictment on the church if God worked through sinners to, and, and bring... And, you understand me? And then bring his message to the church. We are the ambassadors. So whatever Jamaica needs, the church has to get first. Therefore, if Jamaica needs revival, the church must go through revival first. Revive us again, O oh Lord. Saying this because misunderstanding revival is a very easy thing to do for a Christian. Because sometimes our very prayers are for the people in Jamaica to change, instead of the church experiencing revival and bring the change. Our prayers many times is for the politicians to change, instead of praying that we the church experience revival and bring the change the political front. So now we know what revival is. Let me tell you what revival is not. Revival is not merely reformation. There's a difference between reformation and revival. God don't want us to reform you want us to revive. Well, what do I mean by that? You see, reformation is a change mostly on the outside. But more than an external change is required in these present circumstances, church. We need more than external change. And reformation is external change. And as we move into a new building, that, that's, that, that's like a part of a reformation. is external. But if you're in a building and lives are not being built up internally, then the point of the building is, is really vain and pointless. You see, reformation changes your looks just as new clothes can change your appearance. See, if you go shopping at the right place, you can change your appearance. Have a reformation. That doesn't mean you have changed who you are. However, it just means that you have changed how you look. Changing how you look, don't change who you are. Revival is not changing your look. Revival is changing who you are. Are you hearing me, church? You see, we want to look different. God wants us to be different. Come on, I hope somebody's getting me. It's not about looking different. It's about being different. It's an internal change. Of course, over time, as you change on the inside, it will be reflected on the outside. You see, a new hairstyle or even new contact lenses or glasses can be reformation. But that's not a revival. Because revival comes from within. You see, politics shows us that a reformation won't always change the situation. Looking different, many times don't change anything. It is being different that changes things. Amen? It is good to look different. But no matter how different the Prime Minister looks, for many years we all admit that much hasn't changed. Too often, we want a new look instead of a revival that brings forth a new person, new life. You see, reformation is concerned with the outside change more than religious activity is required. And so going through the motions is, miss, is, is missing the point of revival. Revival. Rituals and routines often overshadow the reason behind what we do on a regular basis. So are you just doing activity, activity, activity? Keeping up with the rituals. With no true revival. So what is the root problem? And then I'm going to give you the solution. See the root problem is dealing with God's demand for righteousness. Revival is really dealing with God's demand for righteousness. Ah, you have heard the scripture, righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach. It's righteousness. Revival is living the right life, the God life. When real revival takes place, people live in righteousness. And they don't live in righteousness based on rituals. They live in righteousness based on revival. Do you understand? It is something on the inside. And without the programs. I'm saying this because many people were being kept by church programs. And now the programs have changed. You are seeing who they are. And we have substituted God's righteousness for programs. Thinking that programs could keep people. But now the programs have changed. There was no righteousness, right standing, rejoicing, relationship with God, connection with God that people are living in. So many are falling away because the rituals are not taking place anymore. God is saying, get it right. We need revival. Revival. So that they can come, not back to programs and rituals, but come back to righteousness. Why? Because God God is a God of love. And also, righteousness. You see, the need for revival always springs from some sort of idolatry. And if you go back to this whole story of the Babylonian captivity, it, 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 it happened to them because of idolatry. You know what idolatry is? Uh, uh, is that they, were, they had other gods. They had other idol gods. And I know many, many of us don't believe we have idol gods. But, but, but again, let me tell you one of the things I'm learning in this pandemic is that there are more idol gods now than there were in the Bible times. At least you could name. You could probably name around 10 of the idols in the Bible. These days, you have millions. I'm telling you. You have an idol called Job Idol. You have an idol called the money idol. You you, you understand me? You have the social media idol. You have the work idol. All of these idols are there. Because it's very simple. Anything that we put in God's place is an idol. Revival is needed because the true God has been replaced with a false God. Many of us have something else. Listen, this is what is happening church. I'm telling you what is happening that people have other things. People are so stressed out now that here's what happened. They have found something or they have to try and find something because they don't believe they are getting what they are supposed to be getting from God. So they are not trusting God for their provision. So something else has become more important than Jehovah Jireh. They are not trusting God for their healing. So something else is a God other than Jehovah Roy or healer. They are not trusting God for leadership. They are trusting something else or someone else. So, So Jehovah Roy is no longer their shepherd. It's just replacing God and the name of God with something else. That's what the song says that we did this morning. You are God all by yourself. Age to age you're still the same. He's God all by himself. Your job can become an idol. Why? Because it's more important for me to make money. Than for me to live in righteousness. See. We, we complicate scripture. Because when we think of righteousness. We add more. Highfalutin. Big words to it. All righteousness is. Is being in right standing with God. Doing what is right. In the eyes of God. And that is meaning, and simple, simply put, God has the, ha, is in the right priority place in my life. On your priority list, where is God? Because if you don't have Him in the right place, you have an idol. You may not call it an idol. You may call it, what man have to do, what man have to do. You may make Excuses. But that's what it is. You see, our actions will prove our thoughts and allegiances. God's divine demand must be dealt with. You see, God's wrath against sin is an area of the Christian life that is often overlooked because it can be uncomfortable. Come back to righteousness. We don't want to deal with the issue of sin in our lives. Because it's uncom- uncomfortable, it gives us comfort, but it's uncomfortable to deal with. That's the tricky thing with sin. You know? Sin gives you comfort for a moment, but it's very uncomfortable to deal with when you are a child of God. So we often ignore it. So we have a need to be taken back to where we should be in our salvation and walk with God. We need to know where we stand with God. So I'm going to ask you the most important question, even for you online, that you will need to answer and that I will need to answer. With all the people dying right now, if you should die, are you 100% sure that you'd spend eternity with God? Maybe you need to say, God, Take me back to where I need to be in my salvation and my walk with you. Are you in right standing with God? Because being on the wrong side or the right side of God makes all the difference in these days. We all need rescuing and deliverance from our sins. We can cry to God, God revive me. Rescue me from my sin. Deliver me from my sin. Church, people of God, we need to be delivered. Lord, revive us again. Too many people are leaving their homes and not returning. We call it sudden death. Because to us, it is sudden. But in God's hand, all our days are numbered. God is not surprised by the passing of anyone. We may be, but He is not. We need to be delivered. God has told us of His wrath and that we need deliverance from it. See, His wrath is a built-in holy wrath. Not a reactionary one. God is not reacting you do something and He reacts and He does it. know. God's wrath is holy. Verse 4 and 5 of our text says this. Restore us. God of our salvation. Come on, just say that to Him this morning. So, Lord, restore me. God of my salvation. Scripture goes on and says this, And cause your indignation towards us to cease. It's a prior request. In other words, God restore me. God of my salvation, restore me. God, cause your anger, your indignation towards me to cease. Verse five says, Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger for all generations? You see, Paul also tells us in Romans uh, chapter 1 from verse 16 to 18 about the wrath of God and what that means to us today. You see, God's wrath is a built-in and automatic response that comes from His perfect and righteous standing. It's a holy wrath, it's not a reactionary one. And what that means is that when God acts in wrath, He's acting in wrath out of His righteousness and His holiness and His perfection. He has to deal with it. And so Paul says in Romans 1.18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of people who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Let me read that for you again. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of people who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. In other words, they know the truth, but their practices are contrary to the truth that they know. It's speaking to the saints of God. Because we know the truth. God's wrath has been revealed to us from heaven and is against all who are ungodly and seek to suppress the truth of the Lord. The New Testament tells us that the final wrath of God is coming against all evil, but the righteous will not be subject to it. God is a God of love and a God of righteousness. Listen, you can be protected In all that is happening, if you are revived and you live in God's righteousness. We often know when we have displeased or disobeyed disobeyed Him. The New Testament shows us the covenant of grace. The covenant of grace is why we don't see God's wrath unleashed amongst us. So the scripture says that God speaks grace and peace to His people. He speaks grace and speaks peace. It is because of his mercies that we are not consumed. Great is his faithfulness. It is because of God's grace where we are protected from the wrath. We need revival. See, because there comes a point when mercy meets truth. The truth is, we deserve death. But mercy said no. God brings together truth and his mercy. He brings things that were separated beforehand. He brings mercy and truth together. Because he's full of grace and he's full of truth. Psalm 85, verse 10 it says, Graciousness and truth have met together, righteousness and peace kissed each other. This occurs when we connect with, connect with God's blessing. This occurs when we connect with God's blessing. And it requires the very presence of God. How we connect to God's blessing? We connect by being revived. And when we connect with God's blessing, His presence comes. And when His presence comes and He looks at our lives and He sees the sin mercy steps in and say because you have been revived to new life you are protected, you are covered you are under the blood, I'll keep you and so the fruit of a changed life will only come when God is a part of the mix church I'm telling you right now right now today what we need is not more programs what we need is not the next online service what we need church is change and that change starts with revival. I want our prayer to be revival's God. That brother, that sister that you have not seen, pray for revival in them. You see, I want us to shift how we have been praying. Because we have been praying for revival in Jamaica. And we need to stop and pray for revival in the church in Jamaica. Because God is going to bring revival through his church. So revival must begin in the house of God. Verse 11 and 12 says, Truth sprouts from the earth and righteousness looks down from heaven. Indeed, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its produce. In other words, when revival takes place, the land changes. The land don't change so that the church can change. But when revival takes place, indeed the Lord will give what is good. And the land will begin to produce. Talking about the prosperity across Jamaica. Church, Jamaica needs a church to come alive for Jamaica to produce and and become all that God designed her, created her and purposed her to be. There's a good in the lingering that revival in the church will bring in. You see, there's, there's a good that God has for Jamaica and it's lingering here. And that good is waiting on revival in the church so it can Coming through the oceans and coming from the mountaintops and flood across Jamaica. So God wants to move us closer to him. And I intentionally phrased it this way because sometimes we believe that it is we who move close to God. But no one comes to the father but through the son no one to the son but through the spirit we can't come unless we are drawn by the spirit of god and god wants to pull us closer only if we would open our mouths and cry out oh god revive us god restore us deal with the issue of our sins and stop stop looking at External stuff. Stop looking at well I have a house now. Well I have a car now. Well the family is good now. That means nothing if there isn't a working on the inside of the power of the Holy Spirit. Fancy stuff means nothing if there is no real life. Revival is almost always Focused on God's people not to the world at large we welcome the side of God that we are comfortable with his grace when revival comes it ushers in God's grace but but, so we, we welcome the side we are comfortable in but we don't want to talk about the side of God we are uncomfortable with which is his wrath we love to talk about God's grace but we don't like to talk about God's wrath church. If we don't get it right it's going to get worse. The wrath of God is being revealed and if the church don't get it right it's only going to get worse. I want you to understand this morning, every one of us watching home and abroad, that that you play a very pivotal role as a child of God in what is happening now. So some of us need to say, revive us again. Because remember a time when we we're in love with the Lord. Deeply in love with Him. The reason we are in this perpetual mode of defeat is because of the absent of spiritual vitality. See one of the beautiful things about the New Testament is that because of God's covenant grace, you don't see fire falling down from heaven. So, I want you to just draw a circle around you, around yourself, and say, God, start revival here. Revive me again. Listen, I want when you to go home, I want you to pray for your sons and your daughters and husbands and say, God, start revival in them in the name of Jesus pray for revival. Listen, you have your prayer meeting at home and you stand there. You don't have to belong. You say, God, start revival in my home. He's a God of revival. Church, we need revival. Let it start with us. Come on, just draw that circle. Right here. Just, come on, just stand to your feet. Meaning, wherever you are right now, just stand to your feet. I know you may be sitting down watching this and uh, if you have it, listen, just begin to draw that circle around you and, and just say, Lord, God, God, start revival here. Revive me again, Lord. Restore the spiritual spiritual vitality, new life. Yes, Jesus. So when revival comes the song says all things are possible church come right now I want you to open your mouth remember one sister one brother just, just pray for them right now say Lord I pray for this sister call your name and say God revive them Lord God just two persons just, just lift up their name say Lord I pray for this person cause revival to start right now right now in their life in the name of Jesus uh, remember that brother that person you used to see worshiping God The Lord God of revival 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 Lord revival Lord yes God yes God Cry out, church, revival, Lord. We need revival. revival come on just, just put your hand in your chest and say God cause revival fire to burn within me to burn within me God cause revival fire to burn within me it's not about more programs it's not about the external stuff it's the revival fire of God burning within us. Our beating right standing with him. He will deliver you from sin. He will withhold his wrath because of his great mercy revive us. I'm going to invite the worship team. Come on, we're going to sing the song about him being the God of revival. Just for two minutes, I want you to just, right in your homes, just lift your hands right now. And we are going to worship God and cry out to our God for revival. Come on, just lift your hands this morning. We bless your name, Jesus. Come on, lift your hands and worship him. I know you may be at home and you're sitting down. and I want you to just stand to your feet. and Hallelujah. If you need to walk around, you can walk around in that space that you are in. Begin to worship God. Let this fire fall on your household right now. In the name of Jesus. Revival fire, Lord. Seen what you can do O oh God of Wonders.